Welcome to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sonhalter here with my partner, Jack Mancini. We are uh, here to talk about all things small business. And small, we mean small, 1 to 25 employees. So we're glad to have you aboard. We're here live in the studios here in Willoughby on a fantastic late summer day here in Cleveland, Ohio. Where it's fantastic from the standpoint that our tribe has just won 21 in a row. They've set a record for the most wins ever by an American League team in a row and tied for the uh, the overall. It's just been unbelievable, Jack. Go Tribe. Yes, it has been. It's wonderful. Uh, the Browns are next. The Cavs have done it. Cleveland Sports and, and Cleveland City and Cleveland Attractions. The lake's cleaned up. Life is good here. I've lived here a long time, and I've never seen it any better right now. So there's lots of good things that, that can be learned from a team like that in terms of what goes on in your business, and it shows a couple of things. One is that good things are contagious. If things are going well, people kind of buy in. People buy in and, and play their roles. Um, you know, it's been great to see them have different players come in, and whenever they get in, they perform, and they, and they just do their job. Wouldn't it be fantastic if the folks with your company were able to do the same kind of thing? And once you get on a winning streak like this, it, again, it becomes contagious and becomes a lot of fun. You have a good time doing it because winning is a lot more fun than losing, isn't it, Jack? It certainly is. But people can do that, you know. If they, if they use your head, get a little bit of knowledge, get a little bit of discipline, uh, the owners of small businesses can do great, wonderful things. You don't have to settle for anything less than great. And we'd love to hear about all your wonderful things. There's lots of ways to get hold of us. As we say every week, you are more than welcome to be part of the show. We'd love to hear from you, and there's many, many ways to get a hold of us. Uh, if you want to give us a call on the phone and get us here, we're live in the studio every Wednesday evening from 7.30 to 8.30 p.m. Eastern. And you can reach us by dialing 440-946-9468. Again, 440-946-9468. You can also tweet at us. We've got a couple options there. We've got our company Twitter account, which is at MaximumVP. Jack's got his own at, at JackMMVP. And I have mine at, at Adam Sunhalter. So you can tweet at us. We can get back to you that way. You can email us, radio at MaximumVP.com. And also go to our website, MaximumVP.com forward slash how, H-O-W. And there's a little form that pops up there that gives you a chance to put in your how question. Uh, if you have a how question you're wrestling with that you'd like to get some in, you know, insight on, we can, we can read it here on the air and give you some feedback on that. Or we can f give some feedback to what we've talked about. As you know, we talk every week about a how question. We talk about getting people unstuck from the state of how. That's what we do, too. We help people get unstuck. And so many people are stuck in various ways. Uh, actually, you know, we've been, Adam and I have been doing this coaching of small businesses for over 15 years. And there aren't too many situations that we have seen in the small business world. And I'm not talking about your product or your service. That's what you're expert in. We're talking about the business side of business, which we continue to be astounded, but it's the reality that we deal with, how so many owners of small businesses don't understand business. Hold on. Let, pause and pause. That let, be, let that sink in for a little bit, because I think that's again the, the, the name of this show, Jack, is what dirty secrets that's of small right. business. And so one of those dirty secrets we'll keep pounding into people's heads here, because often people are surprised by this, is that these owners of small companies, what they've learned and what they know about business is what they've learned by running their own company. 
So they didn't know really much about business typically when they first started, and they've probably learned a lot over the over the months or the years that they've been running a business. But I'll tell you what, if you talk to seven, eight out of ten of those folks, they are not confident that they know what they need to know. And they appreciate that they don't know everything, but they aren't sure where to go for, for answers. That's a big part of for why we started this show almost a year and a half ago, is we wanted to kind of get that word out there and to get the help out there and talk about some of these common challenges that, that, that are facing the owners of small companies and shed some light on this so people understand what they're wrestling with here. Yeah, because they don't. I mean, they don't, they don't understand business. You know, that's, we, we know what we know how to do. Let me let, let that one sink in for a little bit. We know what we know how to do. That means we don't know things that we don't know how to do. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're a businessman, you own a company, it's, it's what you know that's going to propel that company forward, keep you in a, in a good state of mind. You're going to make profits. You're going to do the right kinds of things. But you need knowledge. You need knowledge. And it can't be doing the same things that you've been doing all your life and and expect different results. You know, I where I used to work out, I used to golf years ago, Adam. You know that. Oh, yes. <clears throat> I was never a good golfer. And one day I realized that, hey, I'm never going to be a good golfer. So I concluded in my own way, in my own mind, hey, I better quit this game. I can find other things to do. Golf's a great game if you're good at it, but to me... It just wasn't worth the time and effort. But I still like it. I think it's a great game. But where I used to work out, a golf pro used to teach people how to golf. And he he had a little counter set up when he wasn't there, and he had some promotional stuff. And one day I kind of just looked at it. I was golfing then, and I, I looked at his stuff. And he said on the brochure, do you know what you're doing when you're practicing? And that just hit me. That's where this whole thought process of me eventually quitting golf started. Because <laughs> I, I pondered, I thought that was such a great question to hit home. Do you know what you're doing when you're practicing golf? Now, any golfers out there, I don't care if you're a, a scratch golfer or a 50 handicapper, you know that somewhere during the course, your, your course of your golf season, you're going to go over to the golfing range, you know, a public one, or if you're a member of a club, you'll... You'll you know go over to the range at the club and you'll practice. Get a couple buckets of balls, and you're going to hit those bucket of balls you know until they're done. But do you know? Do you have any idea what you do? Sometimes you'll you'll go get a lesson. You might even go as far as, and I think very few people do, to get a pro and work with the pro. You know, maybe a day or so a week, and then put in a lot of hard time. Very few people, unless you're pretty good, do that though. But so you go to the range with a bucket of balls. You got bad form, you're a 22 handicapper, and all you do is reinforce what you know. You don't learn anything else, or maybe the guy next to you is your buddy, and you say, hey, how can I get my 7-iron to, to uh, hit it as far as you, blah, blah, whatever it might be. So all of a sudden that, that bucket of balls is down and gone, and you go out and play, and you got your same lousy score hitting the same shots because you've been practicing and reinforcing bad habits. You know what you know how to do. You can't go there and all of a sudden, even though you read a tip, you, you, uh, somebody told you to do this, do that, you can't change like that. 
It, it, you're, you're just going to reinforce bad habits. You're going to reinforce things that don't work. And you're going to be getting frustrated, etc., etc. Well, that little, that little golf lesson, that little golf awareness uh, and encounter basically taught me a lot. And, and between Adam and I, it, it's helped us focus on the business owner because they know what they know how to do. And unless they get a different approach, unless they get knowledge, unless they commit, and it takes time to change, all you're going to do is reinforce bad habits for the most part. And you're going to continue to be frustrated unless you can break that chain. And usually you can break it if, if you're committed. You've got to be committed. And I don't mean into a padded room. <laughs> I mean committed to, to basically do what's necessary to change. So it starts with knowledge. It starts with a little tender loving care, usually by a coach of some type. And basically, you're going to, you know, be instructed to do things differently. And then it's up to you to reinforce that. And by God, after a period of time, you can actually change. So that's a golf story, Adam. No, it's a a great, great golf story. Uh, As you know, Jack, and many of our listeners and, and most of our clients know, I spent eight years caddying growing up. And I remember folks going over to the range to work on their games, and to your point, I, me- I remember we we used to joke about it. We'd have you know one doctor in particular. I'd see him go over there, and he'd work. He'd he'd work. Spend hours on the range, on the on the chipping area, in the putting green, working on his game, Jack. And and we were joke. All he was doing is grooving those bad habits. He's really instilling even better in that muscle memory of his thing. The the same bad move, so the same swing. So what was he working on? And you know, we're making this golf analogy because it ties right into our how question for the day. And it's a great analogy to kind of lead into that, Jack, which is how do I how do I work on my business? Much like how do I work on my golf game? You're giving the great example, Bob. Well, if I'm going to the range to work on what? If I'm just grooving bad habits. So if you're getting up today or getting up tomorrow to go oh, wait, work. I read, a, I read a tip, though, Adam. I read a tip in Golf Digest. Okay. And I can work. So <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a very similar thing to, okay, you know, I'm going to go read John Wooden. And read about basketball from John Wooden. I, re- I can read all about it. Now, when I have to go out in the court and start to play, the ability to apply that, how does that apply to my particular skill set and who I'm going up against and everything else to try to apply that? So what does working on my business look like? Good I mean, you hear that phrase a lot, and, and chances are if you've been in business for, it would be several months or several years, chances are somebody has maybe given you that advice. Hey Jack, you know you got to spend some time working on your business, not in your business. So they'll contrast those two. And you know, we were joking earlier. We were talking about this, Jack, in terms of it reminds me of that whole white men can't jump. And you, know, you got the, the the Wesley Snipes character telling to Woody, you know, Woody Harrelson. He's you know, Woody Harrelson puts in the Jimi Hendrix tape, and he says, Hey, you can't, you can't, uh, you can't listen to him, or you know, you you can't hear Jimmy, right? He's on listening to him. Well, you may be listening to him, but you can't hear him. Well, why not? Because you're white. Because what do you what, what do you tell me? He's got a white drummer. I can hear him just fine. Well. If I'm working on versus working in, what what the heck are we talking about here? You know, how how do I know? Again, I'm going, I'm working, I'm working. Does that mean working harder? You know, I, you know I'm putting in 17 hour days. I, I'm not sure how much harder harder I can work. What does it what does it mean to go and meaningfully work on versus working in the business? And but we and we do hear it a lot. We do. We do. Where'd that come from? Well, I was gonna say what, what happened was we, you know, as we've shared many times on you know on this show and many times with our clients, is what we talk about. One of the 
great inspirations for Jack and I when we first started Maximum Value Partners was a book called The E-Myth Revisited, E-Myth Revisited, by a guy by the name of Michael Gerber. And he talks about during the story in there about the whole concept of working on versus working in the business. And so literally for, for, for months or even maybe for a year after, after having read that book, we would hear this phrase a lot. And it was almost like one of those kind of secret handshake type things, right? We'd be like, oh, so you read E-Myth, right? And people, you know, nine out of ten of them look at us like, what, what are you guys talking about? E-what? E it's like E-Myth. You know, the, the, the book, The E-Myth Revisited, Michael Gerber, you know, Sarah and her pies. And he's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Go, oh, well, that's where that phrase came from. And so Jack and I started realizing, well, it, it becomes so popular that it now became part of the lexicon, especially within the small business world. And people were saying it. They, they aren't sure where it came from. They just said it. That's how things, I don't know how that happens, Jack. We have a lot of phrases we've addressed on the show you know, over the past year and a half, or we've, you know, we've done numerous times over the years we've been together. But, hey, where does this phrase kind of come from? People even know, what, you know where it comes from. But that phrase is a big part of business. And so often it's very stifling or, or, or stops the owner. Hey, Jack, you, you should be working on your business. I go, okay, That's but right, I man. know how to d- I know how to do what I know how to do. So I'm doing what I know how to do. I don't, I don't know what working on even looks like to know whether I'm doing it right or not. So right, to, go, so, go, to go tell somebody, just to tell them, do something different, and then walk away. They can try. They can hold their breath like a little kid all night, and they can <laughs> hope to do it, but they know what they know how to do. So they need instruction. They need practice. Uh, you can do it and try by trial and error, but it might take you two years to do what good instruction and good practice could do for you in one week. So you, you, it's just so important to understand. People do what they know how to do, and it has tremendous carryover in the office environment, especially, right. or the business. Uh, yeah, but that's, that's right. So one of the goals of the show this evening is we're going to help to unparalyze you, unstuck you from that Unsteak state of how, how do I work on the business? How, you know, what, what the heck does that mean? So we're going to get into that a little bit here, uh, starting again with our next segment when we come back. So stay tuned to learn more about how to work on, what, what does it mean to work on your business, business, and how do you go about doing it? Good question. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini, and the Tribe won 21 in a row, breaking a new AL record. So stay tuned for more Dirty Secrets on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online at wintradio.com. He went to Paris looking for answers. Welcome back to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sonholder. And I'm Jack Mancini, and we are here on a wonderful Wednesday night in summer in Cleveland and Willoughby, Ohio. And we're talking about small business, stuff we like to do. We're business coaches, Adam and I. We've been together doing coaching for 15 years. We have a company called Maximum Value Partners, and it's covered probably every conceivable small business that you can think of. I don't care what the product or service, chances are very good. We've probably hit it on the head or close to it, and we're not experts in, in product or service. We're experts in the other side of business, the marketing to get sales, the administrative part, which which covers IT and covers how you handle your people and covers the numbers, accounting, and setting selling price and all the other good stuff. That's what we like to do. We're good at it, and we have fun doing it. 
It's so good. what do you think, Adam? Are we going to get anyone fant- to call us in? And, and Let's give them the number. Let's tell them how they can do it, Jax. We were talking about, we teed up the last segment, our, our, our how question to start with tonight, which is how do I work on my business? And we'll get into that here in a second. But if you want to be part of the show, if you want to talk about things you've done to work on your business or understand what that means, or you have another how question you want us to address, we'd love to hear about it. Uh, we're here live in the studio every Wednesday from 7.30 to 8.30 p.m. Eastern. The number here in the studio you can get us if you're listening live or if you're listening on the podcast, you can call in even if you're not listening live, is 440-946-9468. Again, 440-946-9468. You can also tweet at us. There's three ways to do that. Our company Twitter account is at MaximumVP. Jack's Twitter handle is at JackMMVP. And mine is at Adam Sonhalter. We also take emails, radio at MaximumVP.com. Or you can go to our website, MaximumVP.com forward slash how, H-O-W. And there's a little form there you can fill out and submit to us. and be happy to kind of get that on the air for you as well. So, all right, let me reset real quick. So we're talking about how do I work on my business. And we wanted to talk about, first of all, what in the heck does that mean? If somebody comes and says, hey, Jack, you need to start working on your business, buddy. You're working in the business too much. Okay, now what we know from small business owners is there's a lot of pride when it comes to that where uh, people assume, and again, this is a dirty secret time, folks. People assume that owners know all this stuff, and the owners know that, so they say, well, I've, I guess I should know this stuff. And if I don't, I'm going to smile and nod at you like I do know what you're talking about. Hey, it's a great idea, Jack. Thanks for reminding me that. I'll be sure to work on it tonight. Okay, great, and they kind of move on. Or they get, or they get grumpy, or they, they try to deflect you know, what they don't know. Because they only know what they know. <laughs> so I don't have time for that stuff, right? That's right. That grumpy old steel guy. We don't like the grumpy old steel guys, but they're out there. We oh, can break yeah. through some of that stuff, right? Yeah, we generally like them. Generally. All right. So what does it mean to work on versus working in? And, and Jack did a good tee up here in terms of what we focus on. Again, we are not product or service guys in terms of experts there. We have clients that, that, that offer just about every product or service you can imagine. We've, we've coached hundreds of companies over the years, and we've been involved with thousands of companies between the two of us over the years. So we've pretty much seen most every type of kind of product or service, but that's not our expertise. It's the other stuff. And so when you're working in your business, chances are you are working on delivering your product or service to your customers. So if you're a plumber and you're the guy going out on the plumbing jobs or an electrician or you're a guy in the plant working on the plant to make sure the production gets done, or if you're an attorney and you're offering service to your clients and you're, you're constantly bill, billing hours, that's when you're working in the business where you are delivering or you are the product or you are the service part of it, where you're doing that part of it. And that's where most companies tend to start. It starts around this idea, this, this, this skill, this ability to deliver a product or service. And it's okay early on, and that's where you often get it because you're trying to, you know, again, generate revenue, generate sales to generate cash to come into the company. And often, though, what happens is you may go for months or years and you start to grow a little bit. But you, So all you're doing is you're working more. You're delivering more product. You're delivering more and additional services or you know, delivering to more, to more customers. But at some point, you have to get out of that. There's only so many hours in the day. And so you can't, you, you can't, you can't grow beyond a certain point if you're constantly... The pull one in, doing the product play. or service part of it. Yeah, you got to pull yourself out of what's called the operations of the business. And you got to take time to plan. You have to, as the business owner, you have to have, you have to make time to put yourself in an environment 
which is going to allow you to get introduced to new ideas and bring those ideas into your company. So often, you know, embracing technology or embracing, again, new ideas, changes in the industry uh, is vital to the success and growth of your company. I can't think of too many companies that have lasted 100 years. I can't think of too many companies that have lasted 20 years. It's, it's more the exception, and it's because the owners don't pull themselves out of the operations fast enough. They do what they know how to do. They keep practicing that swing on a, on a five iron and getting the same results and then getting mad, throwing the club on the ground, doing all these things, taking it out on their, their uh, partners in golf. And it's the perfect analogy for what so often happens with small business owners. They just don't keep renewing. They don't get new knowledge. They just, you know, do what, what worked maybe 10 years ago, 15 years ago, and all of a sudden the world's passing them by. you got to take note here, Jack. You've talked more golf in the last 20 minutes, I think, in the last 20 years. I think you're it's right. It's amazing, you know. But it is, it is right. a good analogy. I think a lot of folks can relate to it. Now, this whole idea of, of trying to get out of working in the business, of, of delivering that product or service, it's very counterintuitive. And again, we, we, we referenced early, earlier in the show here this book, The E-Myth Revisited, and it talks about Sarah baking pies. And that's that's, that's mandata- that mandatory reading for any small business owner, that book. It's an easy read, too. The, 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 the premise behind it was, and it's like many owners, you know, Sarah started her own baking company to bake pies. She, liked, she loved baking pies. And it, it talks about her frustration being in the business and doing all this other stuff that wasn't baking pies, and it was driving her nuts. So the idea of consciously stepping out of being the one to, to, to deliver the product or service can often be very counterintuitive. But at, at the point where this, this is going to make sense to you is when you're trying to grow, and you're getting frustrated because you're only be able to grow so far. You keep bumping up against it. Against There's only so much, again, only so much of you. How do you start to kind of grow? And until you you make a conscious choice to pull yourself out of that, it doesn't mean totally pull yourself out, but it, it starts a little bit. So the idea of trying to work on stuff, to us working on, is the planning part of it. So you start to plan a little bit, okay? That's good. Versus, good That's right. versus when you're working in it, typically when you're working in it, you're more reactive. So this, this concept of, of planning versus reacting is maybe, maybe a, a different way to kind of think about it. So, you know, do you plan at all? And we used to joke, you know, when we first started really working a lot with the small owners, you know, 15 years ago, hey, whoever got to the owner by 9.30 in the morning was going to dictate their day. Whatever fire came up, whoever was trying to do it, because it wasn't necessarily a plan. Here's what the owner is going to lay out. Hey, here's my plan for today. I want to accomplish these four things today. They may they may have had some of that, but again, you know, either the phone rang, they, 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 they came in, something's kind of going on. Something internally, you know, there's some fire that happened, you know, with production internally. There's a there's a vendor happening. There's something happened where all of a sudden it's now directing their day, and they're spending a lot of time reacting to what's going on around them instead of being the one to to plan things out and start to execute that plan. Sure, reacting is what you know you're you're steeped in the operations of the business. And reaction is a big part of it, and you aren't detached from that. So that's that's what happens, and your employees know it. You even know it, but you can't pull yourself out of the tailspin. So it's it's that's the reaction, and that's equivalent to staying in the business, working in the business. You're you're picking up boxes, you're taking orders on the phone, you're doing a lot of so you're working in the business not on the business. On the business detaches you from the day-to-day. 
on the business uh, basically makes you go away from from the day-to-day operations because it's so well organized and it's things are being done by the the people who you hire good people and that allows you to break away from the day-to-day operations and learn new things and then come back and implement those into your company so we have we have a lot of good stories to share and we're, we're going to come up against a break here in a, in a second but we'll have some good stories to share um coming up in the rest of the show today but again, the, the, this concept of trying to the, the, to work in versus on. Jackie opened up uh, earlier. He talked about um, the, the idea of the, the three circles you're touching on. You, know, you got product or service, which is where, right. where, where most people are, and they they know what they know how to do, right? And so most of them know that product or service. The other two can, the other two circles. And you can see this on our website if you look at, uh, at maximumvp.com. There's a little uh, uh, link there that says the MVP playbook. And one of the links there is, is, is the three circles of the, that I'm referring to here. If you look at the three circles, first one is product or service, which we were just talking about. Then we have marketing and sales, which are tied together. And then we have the administration. And so those other pieces, the marketing and sales, you know, having a good marketing plan to be able to drive sales, and the administration of the people, the numbers, the planning, all the stuff that goes into it. Those are the parts, when we're talking about working on the business, that's what we're talking about, and starting to figure out what the plans are going to be. But if you don't know it, you don't know what to do, what to work on, right? And so it can be very intimidating, very frustrating, and you're thinking, hey, I didn't start the company to do all this stuff. I started because I wanted to, to be the best at my product or service or, or do whatever, however I wanted to, 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 to offer my service or, or, or to design and build my product. That's usually what drove you to kind of get into business for yourself. So it's a conscious effort to say, hey, I want to start working on the marketing to drive sales or to work on how do I find good people to come in and help me to grow my company or how do I figure out and make sense of all these numbers and get a handle on my cash flow, what's kind of going on? How do I grow this thing? We have lots of questions, lots of how questions that kind of come off of this. And we've got a lot of great stories to share with you when we come back here after break. So stay tuned to hear more about how do I work on my business. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini. And boy, I'm really excited to hear what, what we're going to say here when we come back from the break. We're uh, with Maximum Value Partners. We're business coaches. Adam and I have been together doing this business coaching for over 15 years. Stay tuned for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online at com. Welcome back to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sunhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini. And if you've been listening to us for a while, you know that we're business coaches. We deal with companies that are small, 1 to 25 employees. The owners basically uh, started these companies in most cases, and they've grown them. The, the good ones have been around for a little longer than five years. And the other ones below five years are struggling and striving to, to become good. We, uh, we help owners of small businesses get unstuck, as we say, from the state of how. The how questions that constantly are, are with you every day as you walk in. How do I do this? How do I, how do I get a, uh, a new employee and, and make it a good one? How do I put a sales plan together? How do I get more cash? The endless questions of how, that's what we answer. And we get you owners of small businesses unstuck from the state of how, and we have fun doing it, usually. That's right. We love doing that with all of our clients, as Jack mentioned, when we do our day-to-day for our coaching with our clients. We also love to hear from you, our listeners. 
And there's lots of ways for you to be part of the show. You can call in. We're here live in the studio every Wednesday from 7.30 to 8.30 p.m. Eastern. And you can reach us here live in the studio, whether you're listening live or listening on the podcast, you can still call into the studio and get us at 440-946-9468. Again, 440-946-9468. There's a couple of ways to get a hold of us on Twitter. We've got our company account, which is at MaximumVP. Jack's own Twitter handle is at JackMMVP. And mine is at, at Adam Sonhalter. You can email us at radio at MaximumVP.com or go to our website, MaximumVP.com. That's M-A-X-I-M-U-M-V-P.com forward slash how, H-O-W. And a little form will pop up there for you to fill out and put your how question there and respond to what we're talking about. And our topic today has been how do I work on my business? And so we've given some background to that and some definition of what that means. And uh, you can go back and listen to, 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 the, to that part of the show if you're just joining us now. And we've talked about that, too. And I said, we've got a lot of good stories about folks who have tried to work through this. And let me give you one quick example, Jack, of what it doesn't mean to work on the business. You know, okay. we, were, we were talking to a prospect the other day. Uh, they, they, they have a manufacturing plant. And one of the struggles they're having, which I'm sure many of the folks in our audience can, can appreciate, well, when I'm around people act a certain way and get stuff done and they're more productive and then if I leave or I'm out of sight all of a sudden our productivity kind of goes down a little bit so I got to be around a little bit more right so this owner's idea was to, to, to relocate his office from that corner office in the you know in the administrative area to move it out into the plant to make sure he had more of a presence there so what do you think, Jack? Like a, does that sound does that sound like working on the business? It sounds more? like a, a turret in an old World War II movie in which the bombers are flying over the enemy and and uh, he's running around with a in, in a glass turret trying to look look at every. I I don't know what the intention. We were there for about an hour, and we didn't hear one good path for a solution that's going to change anything positively in that company. But yeah, that's a, that's that's really good. That's but it's a, good a start. but it's a, it's a great example where most most folks are here. Here they are feeling some frustration, and again, the how part. How do I get my my team to be more productive, more consistent? How do I hold people accountable? Because again, they have a you know in this case, like many plants do, they had, they had a you know a, a foreman who was out there, or, or somebody's in charge of the crew, and how do I get him or her to kind of do their job and hold hold the team accountable? See those how well, I got to be there, right? That's I, but the, right. So the answer is all. Let me jump back in and, 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 and work more or get more involved. It's not, it's not where you want to be. It's not going to get things the way you, you want things to kind of be. So, so here we're, we're asking questions. Where do you want to be 10 years from now? And, and how do you bring technology to bear? And these things were, you, you could tell they were talked about by the key people, the owner and the key people. But they only knew how to do what they know how to do. They couldn't bring these things, these things being new technology, new ideas, new ways to do things, a fresh approach to problem solving. They couldn't bring them into their company. They don't know how to do it. And, you know, it, it, it's so easy to see working on the company versus in the company. These people were stuck. We like to say stuck in a state of how. We could see one big tar pit. They were all stuck in a state of how, the old ways of doing things, they knew better. They, they, they heard about them. They'd read about them. They talked about them, but they didn't know how to put them in play and work. The owner did not and was not working on the business. 
even though I think he said he was working on the business. Wasn't he? I think that phrase came up, and we mentioned the book, and we got that furrowed brow. Right. And what the heck is that emit thing? What are you, th- mm-hmm. what are you guys talking about? So let, let me give an example of kind of how this kind of works. So we have a, a client of ours has been a client for a number of years now, which is often how it works with us. You know, Jack and I always engage with our clients month to month, but it takes time to get these things in place. And so most of our clients are with us for years. And this client, we became introduced to this client pretty early on in his business career in terms of owning his own company. He was maybe six months into it. And is at the point already at six months where he had more work than he could do. Okay. But he was loving it because he loved doing the work. Okay. He loved it. Now, he you know, he talked about, you know, the, what he does is computer related stuff and he'd get, you know, put his his headphones on and get his music cranking and he would just crank away. Man, was he loving it. He was in his element. He's driving his wife nuts cuz he's working 20-hour days doing something he loves, but he was just loving. It. He, was, he was there. And he but we started asking like the questions that Jack you were mentioning. We started asking about, well, where do you see this company 5, 10 years from now? And he started to to roll for half an hour about all these great things he could see about you know different services that they could offer and it got to the point where he had like 18 different things he could offer right we're saying okay well how how are you going to do that if you're the guy doing all the work he said i don't know it was yeah okay so i don't know how do i do that so and we started to work through the education process for him in terms of what business means because again he's great fantastic one of the best people in the world at doing what he does from the product or service standpoint but that's not where he wanted to be even though he loved it he saw more potential things to be able to kind of grow so how how do i find other people that can do this how do i kind of bring them in how do i pay them how do i okay so we started to kind of help them work through all those things he had no no knowledge no knowledge of how to do it and that's that really depicts a lot of owners of small businesses that we know and we personally know we personally coached and that's how it starts they don't know how to work on the business they they love and can work and and effectively get comfortable working in the business he was a great example of that and he's still a client today we've been working with him for i think it's been five or six years five or six years now jack and he has made tremendous strides because, again, his 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 prior history before starting his company was, again, you know, his training and then his you know in, in college and everything else, and then twenty plus years at working at a job, where again that was that was his focus as a job was hey, doing doing the work of it. So the idea of all of this business stuff, so the idea of going out to market himself to differentiate what he does versus what somebody else does, to be able to do his sales, okay, sit down with somebody and, and early on this is, boy, this is six months in and. And he's working on, on getting a new customer on board. And it was going on for, you know, we meet with him every week. You know, we meet with clients either every week or every two weeks. And he happened to be, happens to be a client we meet with every week. And every week it's like, hey, guys, we're getting close. We're getting close. You know, we're, we're negotiating the contract. You know, things are going to be signed, you know, probably by next week, by, you know, by next week. And after hearing this for, a, you know, a few weeks going on, a month, we're kind of starting to kind of doubt maybe, maybe something's not going on. And then all of a sudden somebody at this potential client, Came in and said, "No, no, yeah, yeah we 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 got to tear the contract contract up, uh, proposal up. Let's kind of start from scratch." And so, Jack and I literally said, "Look, yeah, you know, I think something's kind of missing here, you know. And this is, you know, maybe we should come with you to kind of meet with these, you know, with, with these folks and see what's kind of going on here. Because I think there's some signals being crossed. Something's kind of being missed here. Maybe it'd be helpful to have a couple extra yeah, set of ears and eyes with there." Him to his customer, yeah. right? 
And so we got there, and what was happening is, again, this is, you know, uh, somebody that, from a technical background, more engineering background, and the people he's talking to are more engineering backgrounds, too. And for those of you, and we, we talk with our clients about this all the time, those of you who are more of the engineering IT types, you know, computers and things are your, are, are your thing. The people side often is where you have troubles, and there's lots of nuances and, and, and things that happen that subtle, subtle communication things that maybe get missed in discussions, especially in higher stress situations like having to negotiate a contract or talking about money for, 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 for getting hired kind of thing, right? And so within the course of an hour-long meeting, give or take, maybe it's a 90-minute meeting, you know, it was funny, as we're waiting in the lobby, one of the things we, we were asking about is, well, who, who are you talking to? Where does that person fit within the organization? Because, you know, Jack and I are looking at the organization. You know, given our backgrounds, we, we always want to know who, who are you talking to? You know, who is the decision maker? He said, I don't know. I don't know. It's so we're in the lobby, and literally we point to our clients. So turn around and look on the wall. And here, right behind him, and he'd been to this office 20 times at this point, right? There's a nice organization chart that shows all the key people. <laughs> Who were who there? Who he's below it. So he said, oh, "Here's here's the guy you're talking to right here," and he was about three levels down, right? And then here's the other guy that's creating the problem, who's way up here. Okay, th- th- we understand what's kind of going. on. Let's understand who we're talking to. This is literally as we're getting ready to walk into the meeting. So we go in the meeting, and as I said, you know, we go back after about an hour, hour and a half meeting, got things kind of clarified from a business standpoint, and within ten days, had a revamp oh, contract ready to go right. and was signed. Okay, now. Would that have happened without our involvement? Probably not. I don't know. In fact, the high probability of no. Yeah. Or would it have been to the favor of our client? Probably not either. It would have been different. So understanding some of those things. So often early on, you know, Jack and I often have to kind of go and and see. And it's key for us to kind of check that. That's key for you as an owner, too, is maybe you're coaching somebody up a bit, and they they may feed it back to you, and they're saying good things. But you aren't quite getting the results that you'd expect, right? So sometimes you have to kind of go along and see how they're doing, see how they're implementing what you're talking to them about. But one of the keys with this client, and the reason why he's been a client for as long as he has, is he has stayed coachable. As I said, it's always month to month with our clients, and that's, that's for right. a couple of things. One is we've got to make sure we're adding value, one. But two, we've got to make sure our clients stay coachable because not all of them do. And, the, and, to, and to his credit, he's, he, is, he is now, again, he has not done any of the product or service work in, in, in several years now. And he was initially concerned or worried about it, like he wouldn't really like it. He is putting all that energy he used to put into the to the service and the product side of it into the business now. And dabbling and learning, he's really kind of jumped in with both feet and, and he's 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 messing around with it a lot. He's learning a ton. Yeah, he's learned to do he's it. He's learned a whole bunch of stuff that he he didn't know. He he was when we met him doing what he knew how to do, and he's still doing that. But the, the, the quality and quantity of knowledge that is running through his brain now is unbelievable. And that company is, is doing exactly what you want to do, growing sustainable profits. And he's having fun doing it. And, you know, it's, it's what we do. And it's what every small business owner should know how to do. And yeah. that's work on the business, work away from the operations, Know the operations, but don't strive to be the best person to do everything in that in that in your particular company. Know how to use your organization, put that knowledge to work, so your people can do it. That's right. A big key for him, just to wrap up before we had to break here, was he's gone from just being himself 
through now has a staff of, of, of 10 employees and another probably dozen contractors are working with them. And he's found some very, very good people. It's taken some time to find those good people. He's had to go through several to find the, find the right one. So he keeps on grinding it out. And it's very, very key if you're focused on working on it. And we have some more stories to share when we come back. So stay tuned to hear some more stories about how to work on the business properly. I'm Adam Sunhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini. And we're business coaches with Maximum Value Partners. Stay tuned for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online at com. Welcome back to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sunhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini, and we are business coaches with a company called Maximum Value Partners. And we coach owners of small companies, and we coach them good if they stay coachable. We don't even start with them unless, unless uh, they, they pass a little 14-point criteria, and basically they want to win. We're looking for people who want to win. Silly as that sounds, a lot of people who, who are stuck in a, in a state of how and they're just looking to be pulled out so they can go get a job somewhere. So we want people who want to win, who want to take their companies to sustainable profit growth. However big they want to be, that's up to them. That's what we do. Don't, don't we do it, Adam? We do. We, we do want people well. who, who are going to get better, want to get better and improve themselves. That's, that, that's how they get better. And one of the best ways they do it is they start to work on the business, which is our topic for today in terms of how do I work on the business. I shared some stories. I've got another couple stories to share before the end of the show today, which is coming up here soon. We want to kind of get you some some other examples of that. But if you want to be part of the show, you got a few more minutes to be, be part of it. Uh, 440-946-9468. Tweet at us at, at MaximumVP or at JackMMVP or at Adam Sunhalter. Email radio at MaximumVP.com or hit us up on the website MaximumVP.com forward slash how. Lots of ways to get a hold of us, lots of ways to be part of the show. Again, we're here live every Wednesday from 7.30 to 8.30 p.m. Eastern. So you can get us, whether you're listening live or on the podcast, you can still get us here in the studio at those times. So another story in terms of success stories of folks kind of working on, it can be different different factors of it, okay? So one of everybody's favorite topics is collecting money. Mm. Everybody loves that, don't they? They do, and they, they do it well. So no, they don't do it well. They hate it. Most people hate it. So we have a client of ours who's been a client for a little bit over a year now. Good young guy. Um, and he had worked his way from basically the, 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 the lowest level on the totem pole at the company he's, you know, he, where he started almost two decades ago to the point now where he owns the company. Fantastic story. Fantastic, fantastic story of growth. Jack talked about people who, who like to win. You don't go from the, 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 the entry level to the, to, to, to the, the owner's seat without being somebody who likes to win and, and, and be able to grow and get better and be, and be able to learn. And so one of the things we were working on with him early on was he was having a, a, a client who was kind of dragging him out a bit. And for those of you who've been in business for a while, I know you've had clients like that. And as well as clients where you know, he's trying to be understanding that the client he was dealing with was growing, and so they were buying more of their products. And so... You know, and they were delaying a little bit of the payments because they were, you know, they weren't getting paid by their customer, you know, on time or in a timely fashion. So that kind of rolls downhill, right? If the person who's a customer of yours that you're supplying stuff to isn't getting paid quickly by their end customer, so that slows down you, slows down them. So all of a sudden, you know, creeped up a little while, and he hadn't been paying as much attention to it, and started to realize, oh, holy cow, this thing's now at six figures. 
You know, so that's $100,000 that's now owed. I don't care how wealthy you are, how much money you got, folks. 100000 bucks a is a of lot money. of money, okay? That's right. And so faced with, with this kind of dilemma about, well, how, you know, what do I do about that? You know, so you have some options. So right? on one extreme, you can say, screw those guys and fire them as a client. I'm going to go sue them and take them, take them to court, right? People's court, Judge Wapner, let me, let me get after them, right? The other end of the spectrum is, well, let's kind of do nothing, and they keep promising all this stuff, and let's hope things kind of get better. Well, we aren't really fans of either of those as, a, as kind of a starting point. We prefer, we're a little old-fashioned, Jack. I like to say, let's kind of meet in the middle somewhere. Let's kind of sit down and talk to these people. Let's That's kind of right. see what's kind of going on. And talk to them from a, a, a state of a little more of an attitude and, and power. And think about the fact that you're acting like a bank. If somebody owes you 100000 bucks, you're basically a bank to them. Boy, we got, we got to make the point here that he didn't know how to do this before he got the knowledge. He didn't know how to execute and pull together what you're about to talk about with, with the success. He didn't know it. So there's so much that our the owners of small businesses don't know. But without knowledge, it's not going to change. But go on. So what they knew how to do, to your point, it's a great point, Jack. What they knew how to do was to keep sending these ding letters, an email, hey, you guys are, are past due, you're past due, you're past due. Maybe once in a while, somebody would place a phone call. Somebody in you know in the accounts receivable, accounts payable department would place a phone call to them, right? But they didn't. Yeah, that's kind of what they did. That's that, that was kind of their process. They didn't know what else. You know, you know, again, what else do you do? Spirited, threatening, yeah. and you know, it just gets negative very quickly. Yeah. So what else do you do? So we say, hey, how about sitting down with them? And when you do, here's what we'd like you to do: picture yourself being in that bank. Get that mindset on. And most of you have gotten to bank loans before, and you know the banks will ask you for a lot of stuff. One thing that, that they'll ask you for is your numbers. Let me see your financial statements. Let me see your 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 latest balance sheet and profit and loss statement. Let me take a tour around your place. So, you know, see what they've got. See if what they're telling you in terms of the growth they're going through. As you walk through a place, you've been th- through a number of companies before. You have a sense of success if things are going well. If what he's telling you or she's telling you kind of lines up to what you're seeing with your own eyes. But ask them to see the financials and see what's kind of there and see what what's going on and see. The fact that they owe you hundred grand is a lot of money to you, but if they also owe twelve other people more than they owe you, well, maybe you aren't so important to them. Wait a minute. What? What if they don't know how to read the financials? <laughs> <laughs> we won't go down that track. But that's, well, there's ways to get something else. They got. Yeah. They got to learn. So, but to your earlier point, Jack, knowing what to do first or how to come about doing it to approach it to ask for these things, and and it was funny. You know, he he kind of smiled. Said, "Well, can I can I do that?" So right. hell yeah, you can do that. You can ask them for this stuff again. You, you, they're asking. It's the worst thing you can do is he, he can say no, or she can say no. But here you are trying to understand where they're at and where you're at. And what he discovered as part of that was that he was number three in line, as far as you know, vendors were concerned in terms of who's owed money. So he's pretty important to these folks. Okay, he, you know, he, he, he was significant. And there was enough of a good discussion, a very open discussion about what's kind of going on, and they were able to reach an agreement in terms of how to get things kind of paid down. And at the same time, then be able to extend the credit line again to get comfortable with, with them helping them kind of grow through it. And took this as an opportunity to take what could have gone very negative and very south very quickly to a build tremendous equity with, a, with, with this customer and to continue to grow with them going forward to continue to be a very good customer going forward with them. In effect, he helped them, he helped them work out or worked with him while the customer had to get some some affairs in order here with his business, and that's important. It's you, you you can become a partner 
or a real pain in the ass with with a, a a customer who owes you money and is behind the eight ball a little bit. If you show willingness to help and and uh, can come up with some very intelligent decisions or solutions, believe me, guys, it works wonders. And one of the key things we did before that was we helped them understand what a good customer looks like. And we said, hey, is this is this is this company is this a good customer for you? Because if it is, you take this approach like this where you're, you're going to be trying to work as a partnership to kind of move forward with the idea you want to be together going forward. If it hadn't been a good customer of his, and there are a lot of folks that weren't, you take a little different tactic, a little, maybe a little, a little firmer tack to it. And he took that tactic with some other folks. who said, hey, I don't care if they don't go. I just want to get paid. And was able to kind of get success there as well. But we helped him understand how to focus on that part. How do you go about collecting the money that's owed to you and the, the different ways you can kind of do it? And what's fun, and where, where Jack and I get, our, get our, our goosebumps and our high fives, is now watching a client like this start to do it again on his own and execute it and, and gain confidence and, and then go talk to his buddies about it, right? Hey, do you know you could do this or do that? And also, they're, they're, they're kind of puffing their chest out going, hey, this is good stuff, isn't it? And they're, but they're having fun. It's Because it, it becomes, as, as, as silly as that can sound, Jack, it can be a lot of fun collecting money from somebody. That's you know, right. Ways you can and, do it. and it is. I mean, it is. It, it really is. So we, so there we have, are so many successful ways to do it. There are. We have so many fantastic stories like that. And, again, part of the reason why we love doing this show every week is we have a chance to kind of share with you a lot of these different stories that, that kind of relate. And usually try to do it around one of these questions like this because we try to get a chance to kind of dig into it a little bit and, and help you resonate with, with what's kind of going on. And we're, we're excited to talk about – we got a couple minutes to go here on the show, Jack. We, gotta, we, gotta, we have to get out of here. But we're excited to, to let you know that's, that next week – we have a very special guest coming in. Is a former client of ours by the name of Lisa Holly. Lisa is the president and CEO of Berea Moving and Storage, and Lisa's got a fantastic story. You're gonna you're gonna laugh. You may even cry during part. She probably will too. It's you know it's a it's a very emotional story, and great success about how do I work on my business. This is a great takeoff of what of what the topic was today. If you enjoyed today's show. I would recommend you tune into us next week because you're going to love hearing her story about how she went from a family business where her and her brother, that's all they knew from the kitchen table, and they worked in different parts of the business. What she knew was, was the sales piece of it and how she and her brother took over ownership after the untimely passing of her mother and how she dug in and learned a ton about how to work on the business and get things righted and moving in the right direction and had a fantastic success story you're going to absolutely love the show next week so we encourage you to be part of the show and we want to thank you for being part of today's show and listening um again tune in next next wednesday at 7 30 p.m if you have any questions beforehand shoot us an email radio maximumvp.com or give us a call 877-849-0670 again 877-849-0670 in case you missed any part of today's show, you can Wait, go. Wait, you're turning it over to me. That's all right. You can, you can, you can catch it. <laughs> Wait, I'm sleeping on you the can, job You over can here. catch it on WINTradio.com. Go to their archive shows. You can go to iTunes and subscribe to it. And when you're there, hey, leave us a five-star rating if you're enjoying the show. We'd love to be able to kind of do that. So, Absolutely. So well, learn I'm, more. I'm Jack Mancini, and, and the guy standing up here is Adam Sunhalter. Right. So <laughs> learn more Dirty Secrets of Small Business with Lisa Holly, our special guest next Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. Lisa, Eastern. That's right. So thanks for listening on Integrity Radio, WINT, 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online at WINTradio.com. Mother, Mother Ocean, I have heard you call.